and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? That's my triple sound. <laughs> Sarah's a very sleepy triple right now. Yes. <laughs> are you and bisexual, very slightly Sarah? loopy. Huh? Are you bisexual? Oh yes, Sarah? the the incorrect <laughs> use of bisexual by oh Doctor right. Bones. Uh, bones. Sixties. Not even uh, the correct use of the word. No, no, it's wrong on all counts. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Classic sixties. And with me as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I hate customers. They all suck, and they need to calm the fuck down about Christmas. It's not that big of a deal. And it's not they... even Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, it thanks, like Christmas... Uh, okay, I was at work today, and it was absolute insanity, dear listener, um, because we're, like, deep into the, in, deep in the middle of, hol- of holiday season and retail world now, and... I just need customers to calm the fuck down when it comes to anything Christmas. Like, it's not that serious, people. I mean, like, I, I, I realize that it is, but in terms of, like, you freaking out over shopping for stuff, that you can calm down about because that aspect is not serious. What you should focus more on is just being with family, period. Not on trying to entertain everyone and have the best decorations and the best serving stuff. Just focus mm. on being with fa- with those you love. That's yeah, see, that's about. that's right. So where you work, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's like you you have people who are like I have to put on the best Christmas party because my family judges each other on Christmas parties, right? And I must win. I must win best Christmas party. Yeah, at th- at this point, I don't even call it the the holiday season. I call it I call it the season of entertaining because it's like that's really just what people do. Mm-hmm. That's true. Look, it's very simple. You get everyone super drunk on eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> you play old time or mold wine. That's what <laughs> we do at my house. <laughs> Wherever, whatever your local way of making spiced booze is, you give them spiced that, booze. and you play Order old nineteen forties Christmas music that no one can complain about, and that's it. That's all you need to do. <laughs> it's like get, much, keep yeah. everyone fat. Drunk and happy, and it's fine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's really all you need. It's all the Christmas is about for me. I don't know. And listening to and listening to a lot of Kenny G. Oh no, no. See, then you're you're asking for a bad <laughs> Christmas. Like just because Kenny G puts in like jingle bells halfway through his rambly, you know, like the fact that every <laughs> once in a while he goes back to being like. Beep, beep, and then goes back to like his 900 hour solo doesn't mean it's Christmas. I don't accept it, Kenny G. Has <laughs> Kenny G become the antagonist of this podcast? I think he has. Apparently. Yeah. That or the writer of that Wharf episode. I think it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get Cringe. into it. We are discussing season six, episode one, and episode two. Yay! Penultimate season. Woo! Alrighty, we're up. We've got my mouth is not working. Those weren't words at all. <laughs> First up is a time to stand. It's been three months since the start of the Dominion War, and things are going well for the wrong side. The Federation has been facing heavy losses, and Dax and Worf are still kind of gross. Dax literally <laughs> jumps into Worf's arms, which is super cute in itself. But then he has to be a piss baby because she wants to do wedding ceremony stuff, quote, in the wrong order. I hate this. That is my, that is word for word my first note for this show. Carry on, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very uh, angry. That's <laughs> <laughs> been Sarah's Ranch Corner. Now back to the show. Cisco is brought in on a terrifying secret that the show suddenly has really good continuity as he is ordered to pilot a Jem Hadar ship that he captured last season. Because the wormhole still has a minefield, the Dominion are stuck with whatever resources they have on this side. And the one supply they desperately need is Ketracel White, which keeps the Jem Hadar in line. Cisco is ordered to take the ship and blow up a major stockpile of white. The crew have issues piloting the craft as it doesn't have those 
necessities that privileged elites love, like med bays and windows. In fact, to see out the craft, they have to use a Konami NES laser scope. I mean, a super advanced headset, for sure. Cisco attempts to use it, but gets a massive headache, so Garrick takes over as Cardassians seem more able to use them. They narrowly escape being shot at by their own side and find the hideout. They manage to get inside, and for some reason decide to set off a bomb with a timer, because the trigger is just so undramatic. Sure enough, they discover that they are stuck inside the force field of the station. Bashir, who now sexually identifies as a supercomputer, calculates the perfect <laughs> escape, but they are so damaged in the attack that they are now forced to recreate the plot of Voyager, <laughs> because it will take more than a decade to get home. Back on Terak Nor, sadly, everyone is trying to adjust their new life under occupation. While Gul Dukat enjoys monologuing like a real boy, Jake discovers that his journalism is not being broadcast out of the station because it doesn't please Wayun, who is hoping for more of, you know, Fox News-ish angle to this whole thing. Odo is distressed that while some Bajorans are back in the station, he has no officers and as such is just a figurehead with no power. Quirk, however, feels his whole occupation is kind of going better than the last time. Hey, no barbed wire screams, so... progress? However, even Mommy and Daddy are fighting, as while Dukat is proud to have Cardassian War again, Wayun is not so pleased, as Dukat has failed to destroy the minefield, and the Dominion's supplies are starting to run low. Even worse for them is that whole Wayun still thinks Odo is a god thing, so that when Odo comes in to demand his security force back, Wayun gives in to him right away, but tells him he must be on the ruling council alongside him and Dukat. Kira's uneasy feelings intensify. What do we think of a time to stand? Dude, that, this is a lot to happen in episode one of a season. Indeed. Just, I'm just saying. I may be starting out a little strong here, but these two episodes are great. They were oh, no. really yeah. good. <laughs> they were so, so good. good. For having sort of a wishy-washy feeling at the end of season five, while still having like hype, this is great. This yes. like this. It's a great way to like totally validate uh, validate our enjoyment of the show. And it's so crazy that it seems like they are uh, already experimenting with like modern television tropes, where like each episode kind of goes into the next one. You know, yeah. right. kind of like you know, this one goes into them getting captured, and then we'll talk about the next episode where they not get captured but crash land, and then we get to that episode where we deal with them crash landing, and I guess we'll see you next episode. But at the very least, it, it, it didn't even feel like a two-parter because it didn't even have like a to-be-continued sort of thing. It was just sort of like, we're just keep doing this. This is the war now. So Yeah, it was very, it was very like kind of sequential. It's just like, it's a thing. It, it, we're no longer bouncing like, oh, it's random month, year, whatever in this five-year period since, you know, since Cisco got to the space station. It's just like, now we very much have to move in order. Yeah. So what do you think, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, you guys, you, you said it all. <laughs> Except Worf is a jerk. <laughs> and like, yeah. he was, even Martok was like, he's thought of nothing else for weeks. Like, you thought of nothing else for weeks? It's like, uh. dude, you're in the middle of a war that you've been fighting for three months, and this is what you occupy your time with. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that you, I'm not saying that you, that you should... I'm not saying that you should totally and absolutely ignore what is going on in your personal life, but there's a fucking war. Yeah, and you're engaged to Dirks. Right? <laughs> the hottest person who understands that as soon as Worf comes up is like, we're going to go bone while we still have time. <laughs> yes. That's what I have been thinking about for five fucking <laughs> weeks because mm -hmm. I am in a normal relationship. Anyways, uh, yes. <laughs> still to this day why all right why continuing on indeed. what do we think of sort of the ship because we introduced it very quickly and then we kind of get rid of it very quickly but uh yeah. sort of the big focus of this episode um i i like I, I I like I like the I like the concept of the ship and, and and how and how it's really only like the captain like the one like the one who's in charge who who is who is able to who is able to like really see out of the ship because um because I I forget I forget I I think I forget what it was I think it I think it was in um it was in one of the first couple of 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 Mass Effect video games it was like it was like 
was like one of the side characters was 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 commenting on the commenting on on the, on the main ship that that you as you as the as the protagonist used the the, Nor- the Normandy, and 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 how and they were they were remarking and how it's like it's I was like oh you humans kind I kind I kind of romanticize the whole like having windows in a space station even even though even though technically it's kind of a bad thing to have this big ass window on a ship when you could get into a fight and so and and so just in that regard. It kind of makes sense to have to have like just one person who knows what knows one person who sees and everything and knows what's going on and is able to just direct people to be like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Like, well, yes, like, but if the view screen goes out, you're screwed. Oh no, no, exactly. That that that's like that's like major, mad, major flaw. Like I was gonna bring that up too. So yeah, that for sure. But well, I mean, we saw at that least in, as far uh, as wartime, it makes sense. In Wrath of Khan, where he didn't have a window he just had a view screen and it went out and so that's why when Khan ship gets attacked he's like all of a sudden the ship's coming right at him he's like Aah! you know he freaks out mm. um, <laughs> so yes yeah. that is when you need a window <laughs> for sure yes. which I always yeah. thought uh, Star Trek 09 was very clever about which is like half view screen half window you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. To both gives mm. you more options Indeed. but yeah no it, it it works with the whole ethos of their entire warlike people they don't even have a med right. bay which i loved which is like yeah of course they probably just murder you if you're breaking ankle and can't fight i mean mm-hmm. i mean i mean we've seen i mean we've seen it we've seen it before where, where it's like where it's like their first is all their first is killed by the second because they can't perform because they can't perform and it's like the second is now the first the third is now the second you're just like this they just kind of you know off you and just drop you off into space and just let you float Yep. We all float out here. <laughs> <laughs> Space, Pennywise. No, oh God. God, no, please, no, no, no. Nope. Well, Pennywise actually is an alien in the books, weirdly. So yeah. that is true. That is so true. I he guess is. They can they can find him eventually. He's uh, from a giant magical space turtle. Did I mention that uh, Stephen King's did a lot of drugs in the 80s? Because that would explain some things in that book. A couple of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I had one issue with this episode, which me and Sarah talked about off air, but we'll talk about it again on air. Which is, mm-hmm. I wasn't. Thankfully, he got back to the way he was in the second episode, but I really didn't like what they were doing with Bashir in this particular episode, where we have that Bashir, now everybody knows he's genetically altered, so he's like just going around uh, showing off how he can do all kinds of crazy calculations in his head immediately, and basically his, his data. That was sort of my problem, so I felt like they were turning mm-hmm. him into the data of this show, this episode. So... It- it didn't bother me so much. Um, that that will depend on the on how they handle it for the rest of the show. Like um, for me, in this case, it was good continuity to just you know acknowledge, hey, this was a thing that happened, and that everyone on the station, or at least the the uh, major officers, found out about. And um, so now it is something he can talk about freely. Now, if it's something that they talk about in literally every episode, it will be overkill. But if it just comes up every now and then, then um, I, I think that's, you know, that's how it would go in, you know, air quotes in real life. Yeah, don't don't pull a wharf from season four of uh-uh. Deep Space Nine. Don't, don't pull a wharf and just make every other episode about him. Right. And how well, brilliant I, he is. Not even so much that. I just don't want him to just constantly be C-3PO-ing everywhere. You yeah. Know, we have- right. I mean, I mean, because. Yeah. Like, I don't want to I mean, just be like, saying, we only have a 1.18 million chance to get out of this or whatever, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, because, because, yeah, I mean, yes, it was before everyone knew, like, oh, he's genetically enhanced or whatever. But it's like, we went through so many seasons where he at least knew that. But, 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 but there was still, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say he lost it, but there was, there was still at least what we perceived, like, like a very genuine sense of just humanity, of humanity about him and like who he was. I wouldn't think that everyone knowing about it would change him. I think it would just be like, okay, well, you may poke fun about, you may poke fun, you you may poke fun, or you know, or or ire at me about this, but I'm literally still the same, the same man that you've known for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't want to lose his sense of humor. I guess mostly that yeah. too. 
Yeah. I feel like he had no sense of humor in the first episode. And he had some more in the second, which was helpful. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I just don't want to become cold robot man. Uh, just because he's like, this is how I always was. It's not a phase mom. You know, like, I don't it's need... It's not a phase mom. I don't need emo Bashir. Is what I'm saying. Can you imagine, though, emo Bashir? Like... That'd be like some weird shit. He would look good with a little bit of eye makeup on, I think. Just like mm-hmm. bring out those those luscious uh, eye, eyelashes he has already. Mm-hmm. Man, I've been watching uh, Game of Thrones with my girlfriend because she's never seen it before. And in season five, five, I, yeah. think, I think it is, um, um, Alexander Siddig plays Prince Duran in Dorne. And so yeah. every time I see him on screen, I just start giggling, even if it's a totally serious <laughs> scene. I'm just like, yeah, Julian, what are you yeah, doing? I started, I started doing the same thing the second I realized it was him. I was just like, I know this man. <laughs> when you like to just imagine like it's some very long, hollow, sweet program or yes. that uh, he Maybe got transported. That's what Game of Thrones is. Game of Thrones <laughs> is the mirror universe plot twist. Oh my gosh, yes. On some I mean, planet Thrones, in the mirror universe. I mean, that feels like an old like TOS episode. They're like, well, it's a medieval planet and there's dragons. Yes. You know, so like, this is an excuse oh. to have a fantasy episode. Mm-hmm. Like that one episode where they met literally Apollo, the god, the Greek god. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Fascinating. Which is out Apollo was an alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. I think we should all just imagine the Game of Thrones is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Or in Futurama, where they go to the planet Vinci. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Da Vinci is the stupidest person on that Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. We also have this interesting thing, both these episodes, which I'm curious how long we're going to keep doing it for, which is we sort of have parallel storylines, which is we have, uh, we got Cisco, Nog, Garrick, Dax, Bashir, yeah. uh, on... Uh, the ship and various other places and then we have kira odo and cork and dukat and wayun on Tarek nor so we're sort mm-hmm. of jumping between these both storylines this time so just first of how do you guys feel about that structure different kind of structure for these episodes for now i like it because it is a stark reminder that the the main crew is no longer on deep space nine yeah and um it just it just sort of brings that home and a reminder that the the enemy for right now at least is in power and it's going to be this way until they can retake the station this parallel storyline is why i love these episodes it's so great i love the idea of talking about war on two very different fronts Mm -hmm. and i think usually we pick one or the other you know the you, you follow people who are being occupied or you follow the people who are fighting um and i don't think i know many things that do both and i think it makes it very interesting because it's two different kinds of battles particularly we'll talk about the next one with kira and Uh it's sort of a battle between morality and war you know it's like it's about just how can you keep your morality while still being safe uh while you're being occupied by people uh it's like a movie did like the invasion of normandy and the french resistance at the same time and like cut in between them you know and i find that Mm. uh very interesting uh how about you peter no i i I agree i i I like being able to get both sides of it and 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 i hope that i hope that going forward they 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 pretty much keep it as balanced as as balanced as as it is in these in these first two episodes because and for, for for the for this show for this show they kind of have to they kind of have to show both sides because the main cast, the main cast, the main crew is very much separated. So, so, so it's like you have to show what's going on, what, what's going on with with each, with each group and, and, and what, what, and what everyone is doing, how they're going about everything, how they're feeling. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that they have people who stayed behind on the ship at um, versus those who left. So there's versus those who left. So it's like it, it 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 it, 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 it drives it drives home simply them not the, the them all not being together just that alone because 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 i mean war war does that it whether 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 you become enemies or it's more of just distance or whatever war 
creates distance between people and that shit that you have to deal with because because you're no longer able to what 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 whether 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 someone is deployed and you're home or vice versa or or, or you or you are fighting or you are you're you're like or you and you another you and you and another person are are, are like are, are both are both fighting but are both fighting but on, but on two different fronts or whatever like not having your full support system with you is going to affect everyone in a different way and I'm glad that they're I'm glad that from from what it looks like they're going to show us how that's going to affect everyone. Yeah, and it's 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 I think you said it perfectly well. I can't I can't add to it. <laughs> 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 Applause to Peter. Yay. Um, so let's go through these sort of individual pieces. Uh, first up, we had Jake, and he's not able to get published because uh, Wayun wants him to write basically propaganda. Though of course Wayun's like. Ah, propaganda just more you know balance equal representation sure which is literally what fox news says Mm -hmm. (laughs) just just saying just and uh if you hate politics jump one minute ahead folks uh there's also a lot of like for me trump parallels with ducat about how he's like being like we're winning we're winning and he's getting nothing done that dominion want you know so it was like sort Mm -hmm. of a similar thing to me where he's all talking not i mean they're certainly winning the war currently so that's not untrue but you know the fact he hasn't cleared out the minefield or not dealing with that stuff is interesting but yeah i'm surprised that jake is shocked that and even way has this great moment where he's like he's like you know you have to let me say whatever i want and even Wei-Yoon's like come on dude <laughs> like yeah it's who like who do you think we o- are it's like you're on an occupied space station now. Why would we just let you say whatever? He's like freedom of the press. I'm just like Jake. Yeah, that's what he was. Freedom yeah. of the press. He's like, come on. Yeah, Sweet. like he said. He said that, and I literally paused the episode. And I was like, Jake, you are at this point. You are now a grown ass man. You have to be smarter than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he just keeps talking to him. I was like, I would think you'd try to figure out ways to like get around it or something instead of yeah. just like, you're never gonna convince Wayun. Not that smarmy asshole. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, each scene with Jake is Jake is just proving how dumb how dumb this whole plot line is to me, and how stupid it is that they were like, we're gonna have him because he's a writer. We're gonna have him stay there. It's like, who made this decision? This is painful to watch every single time. Yeah. Right, right. It's not like they need journalists on the front of the war. It's not like there's people who report on that side either. Ever. Anyways. Um, yeah. So yes, moving on. We also have. We'll talk more about Kira next week. We have Odo, who doesn't have any security officers, and has an interesting dilemma where one of the occupiers thinks he's God. So that's there an interesting that. thing. Woo, yeah. How, how do you guys feel about that? If you had the ability to sort of talk to your captors as a deity, like, even though you don't feel that you actually are, you know? That's just some odd... That would just be, like an oddly uncomfortable situation for me because I wouldn't even know how to go about it. It's like, he thinks I'm the best, he thinks I'm the best shit, the best thing ever. Like I'm a bag of chips and everything, but it's like, I want him to leave, Mm -hmm. but I can't say that because I'm not actually in control. Yeah. God, that's gotta be weird for him. I cannot imagine what he's, what Odo's going through shit. All right. It's, it's, He's in a very odd, interesting dilemma right now. And particularly, it's just interesting that Hodo just wants to do his job. He's just yeah. trying to keep peace. That's all he's ever wanted. Mm. He just wants his reports, his precious crime reports, and his little sheet, and to talk to Kira, and then patrol the station and have great posture. That's all he's ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so talking about Kira, there is a really sweet line in there where, uh, you know, obviously from her point of view, it's not meant to be romantic, but she says, I'm only happy when I'm with you. And it's just so sweet. And it's, it's you know, meant to be like, you know, when, when I'm hanging out with you, my buddy, my pal, I'm not thinking about the horror that is the fact that the Cardassians are in control again and we're just chilling and things are like they used to be. And it's very sweet. Oh yeah, to have that yeah, sense of normalcy. Is. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really nice. 
And uh, we also sort of have the seeds of what might uh, possibly fuck up this whole Dominion Cardassian thing, because mommy and daddy do not get along all the time, which is, I think, really interesting. I'm glad that they're keeping both the ethos of both cultures uh, intact, and they're not just together and, like, I find the Legion of Doom stuff a little annoying after a while, just because it's like, mm-hmm. you all are supervillains with different f- functions and methods and desires and wants and needs. Why would you all work together all the time, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I like that, uh, you know, Dukat is just focused on conquest and war and probably getting back Bajor. He probably slips that in every other sentence. And then Wayun is like, uh, you want to get that minefield dealt with? Because... Mm-hmm. The rest of also, my people we signed are a non-aggression pact with them, so we can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. There's that too. For because as, as shitty as the Dominion are, they are very much uh, weird. They have their own weird moral code, which I always that they adhere to very strictly. Exactly. <laughs> However Even weird it, it may be, they, they have their own rules that they don't break. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I'm liking that. Uh, there, there is all this interpersonal conflict, and it's oh, it's also great. I love it. Is there anything else to say for this episode? Because I'm just going to go on and on. Super juicy drama. Mm. Kira drama. and Ducat, or, or Ducat being really into Kira is still really creepy. Oh god! I, I so told you there was that scene coming. To... I knew yeah. it. Oh, I did. Yeah. There was no question that that scene was coming. Yeah, yeah no but doubt it happened. Yeah. It's just it's creepy. Yeah, especially yeah. like right now when we're like. At least when you're listening to this, and I'm sure it's probably still like going. We're like right in the heart of like these all these sexual misconduct stories coming out of Hollywood, and it's just like it's, it felt like a oh. very accurate version of a lot of those stories to me, and what it must be like to live day to day with a, a a predatory person like that, and mm-hmm. so it made it really intense. <laughs> it made yep. It yeah, real I, 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 I actually didn't even think of that when I was watching the episode, and now it just gives it a whole new meaning. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> There's always oh we're always finding parallels with this goddamn twenty year old show. It's quite impressive. <sighs> and yeah, the the story the story never changes. Ju- the story never changes. It's just different characters playing the parts. Mm-hmm. Wow, deeply said. Deeply said. All right, well, let's move on to my dumb synopsis. Uh, next up is Rock Centrals. I still keep saying it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, season six, episode two. On the Jem'Hadar ship, they decide, eh, fuck the Voyager model, and get chased into a nebula and crash on a deserted planet. Dax is severely injured in the crash, and they take her into a nearby studio backlot cave and strip her naked, which. Mm. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> not Injured that I drew my focus away from Ben giving a speech at all. It did not. No. no. He was a very Tara good was... speech fire. Yes. <laughs> Sarah wasn't like, move that camera. It's like a little bit closer. <laughs> Zoom it. <laughs> um, however, a group of Jim Hadar have also crash landed on the planet. Their Vorta, Kivan, who I'm going to call Kevin from now on, is severely injured, and their first and second are dead. The third has not been promoted, but believes in duty above all else. Kevin also doles out one vial of white, as he states it has to last ten days until help arrives. Garrick and Nog go snooping around when they are captured. Garrick's big mouth saves them when he reveals they have a doctor on board, and Kevin really needs one of them. Kevin tells his men to go scout out the Federation camp, but not to fire on them. They discover the Federation's troops, but they can't contain themselves due to lack of white, and one starts firing, and they can't even shroud themselves as they retreat. I can relate, because when I'm hangry, I can't do anything right either. Kevin tells the third to speak to Sisko and offer a trade. Sisko notes the imbalance of the trade, but tries to sway the third to turn on his Vorta, like the last time when Wayun got all murdered. But the third remains loyal. Sisko goes to speak with Kevin, and Bashir heals his wounds. In a classic shitty Vorta move, Kevin notes that he has a transmitter that will save them all, but it's broken and needs an O'Brien to fix it. He also points out the reason he's been so stingy with the White is that there's only one vial left, and soon the Jem'Hadar will go crazy. He notes that he plans to send the Jem'Hadar out to kill every Federation soldier tomorrow, but will tell them to go down a path where they will be easy to kill. He gives them the coordinates and tells them to kill all the Jim Hadar or not, but they will come either way. 
The next day, Sisko confronts the third with his men and notes that Kevin sold them out. The third realizes this is true, but still notes they are bred to serve, and he will serve his leader no matter what. The Jim'Hadar charge forward and are all killed, with only one casualty on the Federation side. Kevin arrives to gloat in his victory, and Sisko orders the dead, including the Jim'Hadar, be buried. Back on Terak Nor, Kira is living out her day-to-day, just trying not to make trouble. This is interrupted when she learns that Vedic Yasim is planning a protest against the Dominion and the Promenade. Kira urges her to reconsider, as it will solve nothing and only cause problems. But the Vedic reminds Kira of her past fighting in the underground, and that now she is even acting like a collaborator. Kira still insists, but the Vedic goes on with her protest. They wait for her to start to arrest her, but are shocked to discover her standing atop the promenade with a rope around her neck. She jumps to her death as Kira watches in horror. Kira tries to go back to her daily life, but she can't shake the image. She, met, she meets with Odo and decides it's time to bring the Bajoran underground back aboard the station. What do we think of rocks and shoals? Okay, I like if you thought it... Go ahead, Peter. I was just, okay, I just want to make like a really quick statement. If, if you thought that episode one was like a great start to this season, oh my God, episode two. Yes. Damn. It was it's... very good one of the best episodes of the series for me yes yeah really really good having two very interesting moral qualms we often have like where they have a dark episode they'll have like a b plot that's kind of funny to like be Mm -hmm. like it's not so bad um this one thankfully they were like no it's just bad (laughs) it's just all bad for everybody everything is terrible i'm sorry sarah we interrupted you what were you gonna say yeah, I'm just, just very excited about how much I like the episode, but I also do want to say really quickly, this is not relevant to the plot or eva- evaluation of the episode, but uh, in the first half of my notes, I have a note that says, who is this red shirt? Now, let me clarify. When I say red shirt, he was actually wearing a gold shirt. He's an engineer. <laughs> But I had a feeling that he would die. I knew. And then my last note is, I knew it. I knew that Engineer would die. My Canary game is still strong. (laughs) (laughs) That is all. I just saw him and I knew. I knew. that you will not last the episode. It's like the the camera has focused on your unnamed character's face. One second too long. Why? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, uh, where do we begin? I guess we'll start with the, you guys want to start with Kira, you want to start with uh, the planet? Let's start with the planet. Yeah, start with the planet, because Kira is some heavy shit, we need to discuss that last. Alright, so, this is some fucking heavy shit too, and... I love, this is one one funny thing, I love at the beginning of the episode when they're, they're, you know, they're on the beach, and this is a very heavy, heavy episode, a lot of bad shit happens or dealing with a lot of moral shit but at the beginning when O'Brien rips his pants and they're all laughing and you can see the Jem'Hadar ship just sinking into the ocean (laughs) in the background I was actually laughing (laughs) that was nice because that's I think we've all been at that stress point where you just break for Mm -hmm. no reason and something that is not funny (laughs) like someone ripping their pants just makes you go ah things don't make any sense and yeah and how, garrick, and how garrick was just like i mean i i mean I, I have my needle and thread but it's in the ship and then the woman was like yeah and if you want yeah and if you want if you wanted to swim a few thousand feet down then we can totally go get it like it's no problem whatsoever let me just go <laughs> let's go for a quick swim <laughs> yeah this episode introduces a very interesting um Another wrinkle to the Jem Hadar, as we've always seen, the, their commitment to loyalty. And mm. we've seen in the past that some Jem Hadar uh, have broken. And there's sort of been a cycle where we, you know, Cisco meets a Jem Hadar, and then they talk for a while, and then they are like, you're right, we deserve better. Um, mm. So it's interesting to watch that where they do not. They have every right to, they have every reason to, but they are still committed to honor and they have sort of a wild bunch last stand ride knowing that they're all going to get murdered and it's Mm -hmm. interesting it is very surprising yeah it it was really 
I guess bizarre to me because 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 the the third he um when he met with Cisco just like like like, like kind of in their little no man's land and he was like he's like Kivan Kevin like he's it's like he he your Vorta he sold you out and the third was like I thought so oh well and it's like you know what he's doing because why would he make you go like right in the middle instead of you know doing like some kind of pincer move or something I don't know but right. they're all like in a canyon there's highlands they're all in a row it's it's bad tactics no question yeah mm-hmm. right so it's like that's just it it, it 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 makes me curious how many more like guess I guess like like just variety of lo- like of, of levels of levels of loyalty and opinion or what or whatever we have you can get in the Jim Hadar because they are clear because this is like like, like maybe the fourth or fifth time that the, the fourth the fourth or fifth time that someone um, some like someone of the main crew has dealt with one or several Jem Hadar and have tried to talk with them in some way, one way or another. And it's like there isn't often really that much consistency. It's it's weird. I mean, I mean, because I mean, we we had we had we had Odo who tried who tried to raise who tried to raise a Jem Hadar who who was like, no, I want to go back to my people, I want to kill. Um, we we had we had we had the one who was on that planet who 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 was like, who was like one in a million, like a complete anomaly where where he actually didn't need the white at all. We we had we had we had the, we had the group who we had the group who 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 like you who like you brought up and just just killed their own Wayun outright. They were just like, nope, done, bye. And now we have this group, and it's like. Words don't words don't matter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's strange. Well, I think it it brings an interesting wrinkle that uh, you can't just propaganda your way out of this situation. You know what I mean? You can't just like you know convince the Jim'Hadar to make a massive revolt. Maybe, but it's it's a reminder that every they are in a weird way still individualistic as much as they are bred for war and bred for obedience. They can yeah. all be kind of different and uh, interact in different ways and have different ideas of honor and duty and loyalty. And, um, you know, this particular Jim Hadar, like, refused to um, hurt his own crew member if they messed up. You know, where we saw other Jim Hadar, mm. like, you know, if you messed up. I have a note there right that he has yeah, he too. has much honor. <laughs> that was my note, because he's very honorable to, you know, right. take the heat like a- for his man. He is more like a Klingon in some ways. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what makes it uh, so interestingly tragic is that you expect this episode to end with them going, you're right. And we all go murder Kevin and we all feel better. Um, But that's not how it works sometimes. And sometimes people charge into battle with a lost cause and all get died for no goddamn good reason. All get died. I'll get died. I'll get died. No good reason. <laughs> um, that was not on purpose. My brain is no longer working. <laughs> Very I like hungry. it. Um, so I, I think that's what I liked about both these episodes, both parts of this episode, is that like. Sometimes people die for no good reason, and sometimes they die for a very good reason. And it's hard to say exactly why or when, and not everybody sort of, you know, both sides lost people on the on the planet for no real good reason. Yeah. It sort of goes back to the ship, which is interestingly in the episode two of last season. So it seems like episode twos tend to have uh, sad endings. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it reminds me of that similar episode where, you know, the... the, the they, they couldn't give her the ship because of miscommunication and this time it's interesting where there is communication but it's like their honor and their morality and their ideology that just will never mm-hmm. ever combine right and you get to see Dex's boobs so you know it's a good uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a note that is all caps her spots heart eyes heart eyes heart eyes <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing this really <laughs> <laughs> Sarah just showed her on the phone, and uh, she's doing doing this very adorable thing where she's pretending like she's in a fine hotel when they're in the cave. You're so much cuter than you. (laughs) 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 I love 
Sarah's uh, gay mumbles. <laughs> My tiny gay heart. Oh. Was well, anything else you want to say for this particular storyline before we move on to the other one? I am curious as to how Kevin is going to function. If, yeah. If, if, I hope if, he comes if, back. If he, yeah, I think he will because this is a this is a interesting this is a very interesting and purposeful way to become a prisoner of war and you know and you know that and you know that once they get back in touch with the federation they're going to try to see what they can get out of him yeah cisco's not gonna be happy that he's just gonna sit comfortably he's got to figure out nope. something to do with this asshole yeah mm-hmm. and i'm also really sad that uh, we won't see ramata Klan again the leader of the gem hadar group uh we were, we were talking about how um it's it's interesting that the gem hadar are not just like a unit and you know pawns they have personalities and different ideologies even within the umbrella of the dominion and uh, i liked him yeah just was, uh, yeah. in terms of i mean you know obviously he was you know working for the antagonists of the series but you know, he believed what he was doing was right, and he he took care of his people, and he was honorable, and I don't know, just he had a lot of good traits. They were just for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that they have humanized all the enemies in this yes. show so much, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it, it it I think t- too many things just make them all deliciously evil and mm-hmm. not that i don't love star wars and not that i don't love dom hall gleason speechifying and force awakens <laughs> like crazy um but it's it's easy you know what i mean and uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough to make interesting villains that you feel sympathy for when they all get murdered at the end they get died what did i say <laughs> they get died <laughs> when they get died uh to actually feel sympathy for them is is tough and uh, impressive Let's talk about another tough and impressive part of this episode, which yes. is... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, maybe my favorite, even though it's one of the most disturbing Kira storylines ever. It's I love really this plot line for Kira so much. Yeah. Do you want to kind of talk about how they set it up, Sarah, or do you want me to talk you about it? You go ahead, Ben. They do this great framing, which I love, where they sort of have a day in the life of Kira, where she wakes up and she looks at herself in the mirror and she gets on the elevator and she's surrounded by jim hadar and cardassians and you can tell she's crawling in her skin uh and she goes to her station and she sees where all of her friends once were on ops all the people she used to fight you know with her around every day and then she's interrupted by obviously the suicide and uh you kind of watch her break down that day again and watch her look at herself in the mirror again and go back into the thing again and it's it's a way to remind you like why these kinds of protests maybe aren't the kinds we like but the kinds that sometimes are so memorable to people you know and it's and it's not to say that it justifies any action but it's to say that like it 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 really challenged kira in a way i really thought was interesting and to actually make her think she's actually a collaborator is really tough and really fascinating and i just found the structure just so good about doing it Mm -hmm. so why do you love this one so much uh, sarah i mean just for all the reasons you said i mean she she spent much of her life being you know part of the resistance and now she you know for all intents and purposes is working with the enemy or at least not trying to bring the enemy down she's just sort of in a holding pattern and the Vedic calls her out on her bullshit. And it's like, this is wrong. You're a collaborator now. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to show you. And right. it, it it works. And the, you know, um, not a visitor does an excellent job of demonstrating this internal struggle throughout the episode, even when she's not saying anything. Yeah, there's a lot of just shots of her looking at things and reacting to them and being sort of struck and the way they frame the suicide is just just heartbreaking. oh my god oh my god no because uh. you have like this slow motion of her trying to run to save her but it's all too late and they don't 
quite they don't cut around it <laughs> it is yeah, but they obvious don't what happens it. yeah yeah it, it um it, it it reminded me of and and i'm sure both of you have seen this show it, it reminded me of, of, of avatar legend of korra when 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 the in season three i believe yes yeah, season, yeah, season three when when the when the when the queen of the earth kingdom was oh. killed was killed by suffocation <laughs> and 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 that, that and that that episode happened like like a week, like a week or two after after they took it off cable television, but still, but and, and made it just solely on 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 Nickelodeon's on Nickelodeon's site, and I remember watching that, and it's I remember watching that episode just sitting there on front of my laptop, and it's like, this is the most blatant display that this most blatant display of someone being killed that they have ever shown, and it was very like in your face like they did not cut corners it's like you know exactly what's happening with how everyone is reacting you know exactly what's going on and i think that's what made this i think that's what made the storyline so one of the things that made this made the storyline so interesting to me because they showed a they showed what can be a very real and disturbing aspect of war like shit happens it hits the fan constantly and you cannot dodge it and it's more of just how are you going to react to it because because i because i think i think when you look back at the pre- at previous seasons you can kind of see that that kira, that kira wanting to start the under want to start the bajoran underground was going to come again because 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 of how those from her past who are part of the underground, they keep popping up. How even how even if they don't pop up, someone will just bring up how, some someone like 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 someone like um like 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 uh like Ducat or Cisco or whoever will bring it up. And so now it's like she's doing it herself. She realizes no, this is needed. It's like a time like a time for such as this is literally now, and it's like it's super crazy, but. I, I I don't I don't like why I, I don't I don't like the ultimate reason that, that that is that is driving her to start it up again with Odo. But I do like that we will get that we will get to officially see this part see this side of her, mm-hmm. ra- and her her like actively doing it rather than helping out past friends. Yeah, I mean it leaves you with a little bit of interesting hype as much as you can for such a dark storyline yeah. um but it does hope make you hope that you could see some of the old kira come back and certainly she's a certain position of power that she can affect change but i think it also works that they've they've jumped three months ahead of time you know you can understand yeah. why kira felt that she was not a collaborator because she thought they're gonna be back any day now you know you can you can imagine that she's just like i just gotta wake up and do this, and as soon as I know the Federation are coming back, I'll start shooting Cardassians and Dominion all day long. It'll be great. Um, but they aren't coming back right now. There is nobody coming as of right now, and she is stuck there. She has to make either decide that she is a collaborator or uh, fight against it as any way she can because you can't keep pushing off and say, well, eventually someone's going to save me. It's like, no, you have to probably save yourself in this situation yeah. or at least fight the situation because you know just because they have a pact with the Bajor doesn't mean it's always gonna last you know what i mean and mm-hmm. who knows how long before it's not just you it's everybody yeah okay i just want to say um with with with, with you saying like, like no you're like no you're gonna have to save yourself this kind of lights the mood unfortunately but 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 you saying that reminded me of the song cinderella from the first cheetah girls movie <laughs> sarah did you ever see okay ben clearly saw it but sarah did you ever see that movie what's it called again it's the, the, the song is called cinderella it's from cheetah girls um uh, Ra- i uh, Ra- i did not raven, have the privilege raven mm-hmm. uh, raven from, from raven simone from cosby show and that's a raven she she, she was in it along 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 with along with two members of uh, two members of, of of a girl group called 3lw and then a fourth girl and there's and there's a song literally in the chorus i don't want to be like cinderella sitting in a sit sit um i don't want to be like cinderella sitting in a something something dusty sitting dust something something dusty cellar waiting for somebody to come and set me free i'm just like that's kira now <laughs> that's, that, that, that's kira <laughs> i'm so glad you uh appropriated this 
dark storyline yeah. <laughs> with a 2004 <laughs> Disney Channel original <laughs> picture. This is why I love you, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I make all the references, dude. Yes. Um, but, but but yeah, but yeah, but but yeah, like with you bringing up with you bringing up how she's in a position of power, it's like it, it's like them her her deciding Bajoran underground. It's it's gonna happen. It's interesting that they're having this be a development for her character with both the position that she is in, but now also that Odo is part of the council with with with, with everything that's going on in the station. So it's like so it's like we have two people who are gonna who are gonna who are gonna try to like like literally like underground figuratively and literally fuck shit up who have influence. Yeah. That's an interest that's an interesting position to be in. And how they can avoid detection while still fucking shit up, as you say. Yeah. Right. And avoid possible, you know. Well, there's also something interesting, too, that I wonder, which is that, and I just thought of this word, like, um, one imagines if, like, you know, they kill some Cardassians, let's say, in the hallway or something. Uh, you can imagine Dukat wanting to do what he used to do, which is murder a bunch of Bajorans to prove a point. And yeah. you could see Wayun saying, hey... You signed a non-aggression pact with them. That is aggression. You cannot murder civilians yep. to prove a point. So I think it could actually, you know, they already have those seeds sown of dissent between the two. And a uh, possible underground could definitely be the catalyst to break that uh, relationship mm-hmm. apart. Yep, yep. Possibly, but we'll have to see. Was there anything else you guys want to say for this episode? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I think we got everything. Yeah, I I'm think excited it's, uh, for awesome. more. It's a really probably the strongest start to a season yet, in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. much really, really good. That has been our episode. Next week we will be discussing season six, episode three, and episode four, which are sons and daughters and behind the lines. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-hosts for joining me every week on this journey, and they'll be happy to know I could have sung the first song, because that's also a lyric to a song, but I will stop <laughs> myself. I'm going to have self-control. <laughs> Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You could check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.